Thank you so much for joining us here at Word Baptist Church. I'm Jamar Andrews. I'm the lead pastor, and I get the great privilege of shepherding here. I'm excited that you're joining us today for this sermon. You're about to receive text-driven preaching. My prayer is that God speaks to you through this time as you listen to this message. So enjoy, and God bless. book of Philippians. Today we'll be in the book of Philippians chapter 4, looking at verses 4 through 9. Uh, and the title of today's message is called Guarded Heart and Mind. A guarded heart and mind. You see, as we go through uh, this particular time in our world, I find this very important to focus in on the Lord Jesus Christ. And this morning, as we look to his word in Philippians 4, uh, it's amazing to me how God has laid out for us how we should handle the struggles and the difficulties that are before us. Uh, you see, this book in particular, the book of Philippians, is, it's a prison epistle. And so what that means is, is that uh, the Apostle Paul, the human instrument that the Lord Jesus Christ used to get us this letter uh, when he was uh, pinning it when it was uh, coming to be, he was actually in prison. He was in prison in chains for the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was uh, for the testimony and the witness that he had uh, that he was in chains. And so it was during a very difficult time in his life uh, that he, he pins this. And it's amazing to me how uh, there's some true things, some things that we're going to see from God's word. I believe that as he ministered and he used Paul, uh, in his life in the midst of trial and difficulty that I believe we can apply to our lives uh, if we'll be willing uh, to do so, to see that he can bring us through trials and difficulties. You see, there was great uncertainty in the Apostle Paul's life. There was great uncertainty about what would happen, and he had his own circumstances and situations. He had the churches to be thinking about. And uh, so I find that from this book, we will find our encouragement this morning. In the book itself, it deals with the mind, the mindset or the heart as well. And uh, there are some key things, four things that I want to submit to you this morning. If we will have a mindset, a mindset shift, that it will give us, I believe, the perspective and the hope uh, that we need. And so the first thing that I want us to see from the Apostle Paul's life is that he had a settled mind. You see, in Philippians chapter 1, Verse 21, uh, it tells us there in that passage that the Apostle Paul, he says this, for to, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You see, the first thing that we have to settle in on is this idea that we have entrusted our life to the Lord. And no matter what comes, whether it's a, a virus or whether it's an accident or whether it's you know, some other form of hardship that comes our way, that we first must operate from a place of a settled mind. And the Apostle Paul, he had a settled mind that he had surrendered his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and that the Lord was in control of his life. And it didn't matter what was going to come his way. Uh, it was going to be gain to him, even if it was was death. Not only do we see that he had a settled mind, but in chapter two, uh, verse two, he also had a surrendered mind. He had one that was surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ in which it allowed him to understand his role in serving others. So it wasn't just about what he was dealing with or what he was going through, but it was also about being able to reach out and to affect and impact you know, others. And so in this surrender mind, he says it in chapter two, verse two, he says, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintain the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. You see, in the midst of this you know, letter he was writing, there was some conflict and some difficulty and some uncertainty. And he's reminding them of the, the fact that not only should you have a settled mind, but you'd also should have a surrender mind, one that is surrendered, that is thinking the same way in which God is thinking, causing us to come and have the same approach no matter what comes our way. The third thing that we see in terms of the mind is in chapter three, verse seven. In chapter three, verse seven, we see the spiritual mind that the Apostle Paul, he had not only settled his eternal relationship with the Lord and his destination and his earthly lifestyle, but we also see that he had settled this fact that he was going to have a spiritual perspective on life. And he says, what, what, but whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as lost for the sake of Christ. You see, he, he boasts about his accomplishments and his pedigree and all those things before he gets to this point. But he had come to the place in his life that he understood that the most important thing about him was what he believed about Jesus Christ. And so it didn't matter whether he was in prison or it didn't matter whether he was set free or it didn't matter what he was going through. He had a settled mind, a, a surrendered mind, and he also had a spiritual mind in which he looked at things. And what I find is as many times when we uh, come to chapter four and we look at these wonderful promises and these things that we are going to see that God has laid out for us, we forget that these things are cumulative, that the promises that we're going to see in chapter four are conditional promises. They're set on the condition that number one, you, you have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. And I find that a lot of the fear and a lot of the worry and a lot of the things that are going on in this world calls us to have these struggles because we have not settled that. We have not settled that relationship. And my prayer is today, if you're listening and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, that today will be the day that you call on him for salvation, trusting him because of his grace by faith that he would change your life. And many times, even if we have surrendered our life to him and we wrestle and we struggle, it's because in these other areas, we have not allowed our minds and our heart to be steady in these things. And so as we look to his word today, the fourth thing that we're going to see, I believe, is a secure mind. We're going to see how that, that security can happen. And it's going to lay out in four ways for us. So I've given you the four mindsets that we should have, the, the settled mind, the surrendered mind, the spiritual mind, and ultimately, Lord willing, the secure mind. But we're also going to see that to be able to have these things, I'm just going to lay it out for you that we have to be willing to see that God's presence is with us, that prayer is the connection, that perspective gives us the direction, and that we must be willing to practice these things. It's not just enough to know them. We have to be willing to do them. And so I hope you've had an opportunity to find Philippians chapter 4. And I'm going to read our text this morning in its entirety, and then we will unpack it and seek to apply it. Philippians chapter four, verses four through nine says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. 
Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses a comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. See, the first thing that I want us to see as we, as we look at this perspective shift, as we go through uncertain times, is that we, we have to understand that we are in God's presence and God's presence is with us. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he came to this earth and he took on flesh and he dwelt among us, he incarnated among us. There was a name that he was to be called and it was to be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. He was God with us then and he is God with us now and he will be God with us. And so when we think about these things and when it doesn't seem like it, it doesn't sound like it, it doesn't feel like it, we must recognize that God is with us. You see, in the Great Commission, he promised that that he was going to be with us to the end of the age. These things that we face right now, they have not caught the Lord by surprise. He knew about them even as he promised the fact that he would be with us. He knew. And so we must trust his presence, that the Lord is with us in every circumstance and in every situation. And because that is true, we see in verse four that we must rejoice. We must rejoice in the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that we necessarily have to be happy about what's going on or we have to be happy about what's taking place. But the Bible says it twice, just in case the Apostle Paul didn't get it across to us the first time. He says it twice so that we would not forget it, that we are called to rejoice. And this is an internal condition that is not based on external circumstances. That we can look to God and we can look to him. It says in the Lord, we can look to who he is and what he has done to be able to understand that we can have an internal resolute relationship of joy in the midst of external pressure that will be able to sustain and hold us as we endure the things that are before us. You see, when I when I think about this idea, it makes me think about how God has been faithful in the Old Testament. And I just want to highlight a couple of individuals. You you remember how God was faithful in the Old Testament to Joseph. Joseph went through a great many things, being betrayed by his family, being accused by Potiphar's wife, not being uh, taken care of like he was told whenever he was in the prison on the timeline. There are many things that he went through. But can I tell you one thing that you see in Joseph's life is that God sustained him. He, He sustained him in the midst of those times. I think about Moses' life in the Old Testament. All the things that he went through, the challenges that he was faced with, it was not easy, but God sustained him through that calling that he had given to him. I think about how God worked in Daniel's life. You remember Daniel? 
how God sustained him there in a foreign place, foreign land, being falsely accused of, 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 of doing things that the king had, had said not to do, even though he was praying, the king said, don't pray. He had already been faithful to God. He understood that there was a higher authority. He gets thrown into the lion's den, but God remains faithful. And what I'm saying to you is that many times there are times and challenges that come and it doesn't mean that God is going to keep us from the challenges. But what I do know is that God is with us in the midst of them. I think about the Hebrew boy, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And what I know is that they did go in the fiery furnace. It, it, it actually happened, but God sustained them in the midst of it. That's the Old Testament, New Testament. I think about Peter and the Apostle Paul and all the things that they've gone through and at page after page of God's faithfulness to his people in history. I believe that we can look to him even now and know that he is the same yesterday, today and forever. That for some, he'll keep us away from it. For some, he'll allow us to go through it and he'll sustain us in it. For some of us, he might even allow us to be affected by it and it attack us and attack our body and our mind and our heart. But it does not change who he is. And so we can look to him because of those promises. You see, what I believe we should understand is that we should seek the Lord. Not only should we recognize his presence, but the second thing we should see is that we have to be willing to connect in prayer. That in these times, God has opened up the communication between us and him in such a way that we can have intimate, deep, heartfelt prayer. And so as we look at this, we're going to see th these dynamics in verse six. It says this, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, I believe the Apostle Paul knew all too well, the Lord knows all too well, how the human condition, how we function whenever we get put in under pressure or we are faced with uncertainties that we have a tendency to have this tug of war inside of us. You see, this word that's used here for anxiety is a word picture that gives us the idea of the tug of war, the tug of war that happens between mind and heart. And that there's this, this tug of war in terms of our logic and our emotion that's going on within us. And so he says, listen, don't, don't allow that tug of war between your heart and mind to be able to take over your life. You see, I find that many times wrong thinking, wrong thinking in this area is what creates this tug of war. And what I find is, is many times when we have wrong thinking about God, we have wrong thinking about people, we have wrong thinking about things, and we have wrong thinking about circumstances or situations. These are the things that create in us uh, this anxiety. And can I just tell you, the Lord has laid it out to us in a command form in verse six. And he says, be anxious for nothing. He didn't say that there was nothing to, to, to be anxious about, but he says, just don't be anxious about it. That when you think about this tug of war, the things, the dynamics that are happening, don't allow this, this tug of war to take root uh, in your life. You see, when I think about this idea of prayer, he tells us what to do instead of being anxious about it. He says, but with, with three things, he says, prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You see, I like to say it this way that, you know, when you want to get somebody's attention, sometimes you might say, psst, psst, let me get your attention. And whenever I see, hear that, psst, psst, it makes me think about this. Psst, is the P is prayer, the is supplication, and the is thanksgiving. And we want to get God's attention when it comes to our 
lives and what's happening. You see, in prayer, we connect. In prayer, we, we connect to him. And what we have to understand is that prayer is heart work. It's not lip service. It's heart work. You see, you, you, you pray. That's what we don't understand many times. We think it's about lip service to God, but actually it's about heart service to him. You pray with your heart. And so we have to be willing to do is come before him with our heart and allow him to inspect it. I like to think about it like TSA. We're not doing a whole lot of traveling right now, so let's just go and pull them out for a minute. You see, whenever you get ready to go through and you come and you open up that, that bag before them and you pull those things out, they give you an opportunity to be able to pull things out. And they give you some directives about what you should pull out before you go through the scanner, right? And just in case you miss some things, they still scan it. And I believe that God has laid out for us in his word. Listen, before you come to me, make sure you pull certain things out so that way I can see it. And then what happens is, is you go down through that, that, that screening and he's screening your heart to be able to pull out those things that are not like him. So thus he can settle in because prayer is heart work, not lip service. And so when we think about this thing, might it be that our prayer comes from the heart, that we open ourselves up and we allow him to see the things that we are anxious about, that we fear, that we're holding on to. And we let him to begin to minister to us in that place. You see, I believe that true prayer is heart work. But then we also see this, this other piece. It, it ultimately is about worship. And so he says, he uses the word supplication. You see, this means a earnest, a earnest desire or a serious request. You see, we use the word earnest. We, we've all maybe heard the, the term earnest money. And earnest money is money you put up on the front end to show the person that you're trying to buy from that you're serious about it. And so whenever we come to God, we, we, we earnestly come to him to show him that we are serious about him. We're serious about the thing that we're asking. We put it up front and it's a serious desire that we have. And so we don't play in our prayers. We, we take it seriously. And it ultimately, my favorite part about this is the T, the Thanksgiving piece. That when we think about the way in which our prayers ought to be given to God, that they, they must be laced with Thanksgiving. And I say laced with Thanksgiving because this is the area of, of, of faith that comes in. That many times whenever we're praying, we're asking God for things, we're asking him for things that we don't have. And so when we say thank you on the front end, what we are saying is that, God, I'm trusting you to be who you are, regardless of whether I get it or not. And it's based off of the fact that prayer is not about us getting from God what we want. It Prayer is us coming to God because he is worthy. That's the purpose of it. And the beautiful thing is that many times we have an opportunity to even get the things that we ask. But when we come in thanksgiving, it's not to just get things from him. It's because we're looking to him who is worthy and we seek his will. The third thing that I want us to see from this passage is that there has to be a, a perspective shift. You see, every one of us is going to look somewhere. We're going to listen to someone or something. We're going to find somewhere to look. And what I find is that it's very important that we get the right perspective. And so right here in verse 8, we're introduced to this idea of the fact that there must be a perspective shift. This perspective shift comes after a promise that, that he's going to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In verse 8, it says this, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. You see, I just want to share a passage with you from the Old Testament that I believe highlights this. And it's in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Isaiah 26, 3 says this, the steadfast of mind. You will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. 
You see, the ability to have a steadfast resolve to, to, to look to God and to trust God in these areas. He has already laid out the fact that this is a conditional promise. But can I tell you, it's a great promise that he will keep you in perfect peace. God will keep you in perfect peace if you'll be willing to adjust and shift your mindset in these times. You see, the Apostle Paul knows, just like you and I know, this world around us knows that thoughts are powerful. Ideas are powerful. Information that you hear can be powerful in the way in which you orient your life. It has the power to stress you or to discourage you, to encourage you. But can I tell you what the Apostle Paul is not calling for in times of trouble and difficulty is wishful thinking. He is calling for bedrock, solid trust in the word of God, because every single one of these things that he says we are to think about, these are all descriptors of the word of God. And so he is calling us to set our minds, to set our affections in a solid place because all around us, things seem to be so unstable. He says, you must place your, your, your thoughts, your heart, your mind in a solid place. You see, as we look at this, I just want to lay it out this way. You see, when God lays his word out, he says what he means and he means what he says. And so when he calls us, as it says in our verse, in verse eight, when he calls us to look at what's true, many times we can allow lies to come into our life and we latch on to them and we allow them to, 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 to grow and to take root. They don't stay steady or still. They continue to grow and develop. And he says, look, look to what is true. He says, whatever is honorable, this is the idea of the things that are noble, the noble things, the things that require respect. You want to look to those things. He says, look to those things that are, are pure, that they hold up to God's standard. You, you want to look to those things. He says, look to the things that are wholesome. Look to the things that bring peace. You see, all these things we see in the word of God. And as you and I go through these troubled times, times of uncertainty, we can come right here and meet with God and we can look to his word and we can get his perspective. See, I believe that as we practice his presence and understand that he is with us, as we understand and we connect to him in prayer, the promise that he has made, that he will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, a conditional promise. And we want to make sure we set our minds there. But can I tell you, the last thing that we see is that it's not just enough to know what to do. It's not just enough to have a Bible and to, you know, take a, your favorite verses here and there, but there actually has to be practice. Yes, we're talking about practice up in here. We're talking about practice today. And in verse nine, we see in verse nine of chapter four, it says this, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. You see, it's not enough just to look to the word. We must be willing to apply the word to our lives. We have to understand that talk is cheap and that in these times, we have to look to God, look to his word, and we have to be willing to order our steps according to his word. You see, his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path in these difficult times. And as we think about the decisions and what's coming down the pipeline, we have to understand that we believe that God has already spoken and that he is faithful and he looks to us to trust him. You see, as we think about his word, we can look at life after life in the Old Testament where he was faithful. 
We can look at life after life in the New Testament. But I believe if you just take a moment to look over the inventory of your life, you can find that he's been faithful and he is worthy of your trust. You see, as we look to this, we must recognize that in this time, in this time, we must have a settled mind. I don't know about you, but the fact that I know that Jesus Christ saved me, transformed me, it settles me. We have to have a surrendered mind to know that God is calling us to, to look to him and to see how we can operate and function in the world around us. We have to have a, a surrendered mind. We have to understand that. But then as we look to him, we have to be willing to have a spiritual mind, to look to his word and to trust him. And lastly, I believe that if these things are true of us, they will ultimately give us a secure mind, one that is steady, one that is guarded, our heart and our minds in Christ Jesus. You know, as I close this morning, I want to ask you, will you be willing to connect with the Lord Jesus? I, I don't know your relationship with him if you've ever surrendered your life to him. But what I do know is that he came so that you might have a relationship with him. And he made a promise to us. He made a promise to those who surrender. And he says, listen, in this world, you'll have tribulation, but you can be of good courage, good cheer. You can be because I've overcome the world. This morning, if you never surrender your life, I'm not talking about you. Your name is on a roll of the church or you have a Bible or you, you know, you visit from time to time. But I'm saying a true relationship with the Lord. I can't think of a better time than right now, or a better day than today, to surrender your life to the Lord. Will you be willing to call out to him? The Bible says that if you'll call out to him in faith, acknowledging that you need him, repenting, meaning turning away from your sins, that the Lord Jesus Christ will save you. He'll transform you. And here in just a moment, we're going to have a time of reflection and prayer. And while I'm praying, you might want to pray. Or you can pray right now. You can connect with the Lord. But I also want to talk to my brothers and sisters that have surrendered your life to the Lord. You see, we want to do our best to be vigilant. We want to do our best to, to take care of the things that we can control. I believe that God has given us things that we can control, and there are certain things that we can, and we look to him to take care of the things that we can't, and we look to make sure that we take care of the things that we can. And so in this season, in this time, we don't want to, you know, run around. I like to say, I'm not chicken little, and the sky's not falling, and we can trust him. We're going to look to him. But we also want to make sure that we stay steady and we allow our lives to be built on his word that we know that God is with us, that his presence is with us. And then no, no matter where we go, no hypes nor depths, we can't escape it. We want to make sure that we understand that prayer is the connection and that we do the hard work, the heart work of prayer, interceding, ministering, trusting. And we also want to make sure that we have the right perspective, that we take our minds and we affix them to the things that we know God blesses and we Look to his word for that. And as we go, we will continue to shine brightly. And so I'm going to pray. But Tyler's going to come. He's going to sing. We're going to sing one final time, and then we'll close up with a few things. This morning, I want to turn our hearts to the word, to the Lord, and ultimately to give us a plan, a roadmap, a, a direction, a guide for how we are to live our life. See, Jesus Christ, one of the things I love about him, is that he actually made the intentional move to come down and to live among us. 
He knows the sufferings. He knows the uncertainty. He knows the difficulty. And can I just tell you, he laid his life down and it makes him the only savior, not only the greatest one, but the only one who's worthy of you to surrender your life to him and then trust him. Will you pray with me? Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. And Lord, this morning, as we've had an opportunity to look to your word, I'm thankful that you've given the promise that you will guard our heart. You'll guard our minds in you, Jesus Christ. It's a conditional promise. And so, Lord, I pray if there's anyone that has not surrendered their life to you, that right now, Lord, as I'm praying, they'll be praying right now, and they will call out to you, and they will say, Lord Jesus, save me. I surrender my life to you. That they will say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins and bring me into your family. Lord, I believe that the things that are happening in our world, they remind us of just how fragile life really is, how short life really is. And so, Lord, I pray that they would understand that they have now surrendered their life, that, Lord, they can trust you. Lord Jesus, that you would work deeply in and through their life. Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would help us, those who have surrendered our lives, Lord, to be people of prayer, and, God, that we would come to you and we'd open up, and, Lord, we would, we would earnestly seek you in this time. We would earnestly trust you, Lord, as we pray for those around us and the different things that are happening, that, Lord, you would use this time to turn this world, turn their hearts and their minds towards you and their need for you, Lord. You are the only hope. That, Lord, we would do the work of prayer. That, Lord, we would understand that it's a hard work. But also that we have the right perspective to know that, Lord, the mind that is that's fixed on you, the steadfast of mind, Lord, you will keep in perfect peace. Lord, there's a lot of things that want to distract us all the time, want us to look in certain directions and places. But Lord, I pray that we would not be deterred. We would not be distracted. But Lord, we would continue to look to you. Because, Lord, you are faithful and you will continue to be faithful. Lord, I pray that we would put these things into practice. That, Lord, it's not just enough to talk about it. It's not just enough to know about it. But, Lord, we have to be about it. We have to live it. And that, Lord, our lives would be set in you. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And it's in your name we pray, the name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Brother Tyler's going to sing. And then I'll be up to close us in a time of a few announcements and prayer. Will you worship with us? Sweet Jesus Christ, my sanity. Sweet Jesus Christ, my clarity. Bed of heaven broken for me. Cup of salvation held out the drink. Jesus. Mystery Christ has died and Christ is risen Christ will come
Christ my sanity Sweet Jesus Christ my clarity Bread of heaven broken for me Cup of salvation Jesus mystery Christ has died and Christ is risen Christ will come again Christ has died and Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Celebrate his death and rising. Lift your eyes, proclaim it's coming. Celebrate his death and rising. Lift your eyes, lift your eyes. Celebrate his death and rising. Lift your eyes, proclaim it's coming. Celebrate his death and rising. Lift your eyes, lift your eyes. Christ has died and Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Christ has died and Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your love and, Lord, especially in these times that we can come to you and, Lord, you are, you are with us, God. We, you, 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 you compel us to come before your throne in time of need. And, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for already setting the tone so that, Lord, no matter what generation or what place, Lord, there will be access, the access that we needed. So, God, I just pray that as a church, Lord, as your people, that in these times, Lord, you would use us as the salt of the earth and the light of the world. 
And Lord, you'd help us to reflect your glory. Lord, even in these times, Lord, help us. Lord, we continue to have on our hearts and minds those who are around the world. Lord, it's not just an American issue. Lord, this is a global issue. And so we think about our brothers and sisters who are in other countries that, Lord, are, are ministering and Lord, maybe have family members that have gone through Lord, this difficult time with the coronavirus or different, different ailments and difficulties. God, we, we pray for your blessing and work and strength and encouragement in their life. That, Lord, this would be a great opportunity for the world to understand just who you are. And the God that you would give us the resolve that we need, the strength that we need, the courage that we need faith that we need. Lord, I thank you for your love and thank you for your word. I pray, God, you'd help us, Lord, not to just be hearers of your word, but doers of it. As the word says in James, Lord, help us to be doers of your word. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in your name I pray, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If you um, did surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, we would love to know about it or also other ways in which we could be praying for you. Uh, if you go to our website, wordbaptist.com, and just scroll down to the bottom, you'll see a, a link that says about, and you can click uh, to contact. And right in there, when you pull it up, contact us. You can just drop your information in there, and uh, we can get that, and we would love to be able to follow up with you and I'll be able to pray with you and, and I'll be able to just share more about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if that's you, we'd love for you to do that today. Uh, also, um, in the coming days, there'll be more information about how things are going to progress and move forward. As we get more details and information, uh, we will uh, make sure we share that through uh, email and uh, we share that on our social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And so you want to be aware of that uh, as well. As we continue to learn things, this is new for all of us. Uh, it's the first time uh, ever uh, having an online, all online service like that. And so uh, we praise the Lord for technology, uh, but have missed being with you for sure. Uh, it's not the same without you. And I can't wait to have an opportunity for us to come back together again. I also want us to remain vigilant and uh, being able to share um, uh, with what's going on in our community and ways to impact uh, the lives that are around us. Uh, also, as far as operations, we'll be sharing about how that's going to work and uh, giving. I've had folks ask me about that process. And so for that, uh, we do have the option uh, to right now the Postal Service is still rolling. So you can mail that in or you can give online safe and secure. Um, you can go to the website uh, wherebaptist.com slash give and uh, you'll be able to see the uh, the ways in which you can give safe and secure there as well. And each week we always talk about what the Lord is doing and how uh, he's blessing. And so I'll let you see, even in all the what's going on, you can see uh, just how strong the week was. And so uh, praise the Lord. Uh, we know that uh, he's not finished with us until he raptures us out of here. We still have a role and uh, we want to continue to be about uh, that uh, business of seeing the kingdom expand. So thank you so much for the sacrifice, your sacrificial generosity uh, and uh, being willing to invest that way. Uh, also, before we, we, we uh, conclude, I want to share a resource that we've talked about many times. Uh, it's called Right Now Media. So in the span of this, all the 
times that we might not be able to connect or get together, there's still an opportunity to grow spiritually. And uh, that's a desire that we have, that you'll still uh, grow spiritually. And uh, so right now, media is, a, is the resource that we use uh, that will be very helpful for you. Different Bible studies, different things that are part of that. And uh, if you're part of Word here and you haven't subscribed in, you can go to that same contact link I told you and drop us your name and email address. And we'd love to get you uh, tapped into that so that way you can continue to grow uh, there's been a recommendation that we stay away from each other in the house and all that stuff. And so there's only so much you can watch, only so much you can do. And so this would be a great time. You can still be growing spiritually in the process of that. And so uh, we're going to just play a short video that's going to highlight kind of what it is and how it works. And then I'll come with some closing remarks and prayer. Jesus entrusted the church to continue his teaching to equip his people to be disciples and to make disciples. There's no greater mission. We love the church and that's why we've created Right Now Media. In this busy, mobile, noisy world, Right Now Media is a resource to help cut through the distractions that hinder consistent growth and discipleship. When your church subscribes to Right Now Media, every member gets free access to a huge library of video Bible studies over 10,000 streaming video sessions from more than 150 Christian publishers and ministries available anytime, anywhere. We've got stuff for small groups, youth groups, personal devotion, Bible studies on marriage, parenting, finance and leadership, and a ton of high quality, safe biblical kids material. We wanna help you equip and unleash everyone in your church for the glory of God, to be a light in the darkness, a city on a hill, because we love the church and the mission of the church matters. All right, so hopefully you'll have an opportunity to tap into that resource. Uh, just one way in which your giving can still be uh, impacting lives, even though we might not be able to connect and be together. So I do want to say thank you. Thank you for so many of you joining us um, this morning. And uh, we, we will. Lord willing, be able to get together soon. And uh, once we have all the details, we'll make sure we communicate those to you. And uh, before we dismiss, I want to just have a word of prayer, but also thank the uh, brothers that came out uh, to help us make sure we could do this today. Uh, without them, wouldn't have done it. I have no uh, way of knowing how to even get all that set up. So just want to say thank you for them being willing to come out and serve. And uh, thank you, church family, uh, for your love and support. And uh, and looking forward to seeing how the Lord is going to work through all these things. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for loving us the way you do. God, we pray you would um, use us. Lord, I believe that even in these times, that Lord, you, you can use us. So we look forward to hearing from the lives that you're shaping and impacting. And uh, Lord, the lives that are, are going to be saved, um, even in the midst of difficulties and uncertainty. Lord, we believe that you still save and you still work and move. And so, God, we pray you would continue to guide us and direct us. Lord, help us. Uh, Lord, help us today to have a settled mind. Help us today to have a surrender mind. Lord, help us today, uh, Lord, to have a spiritual mind that's focused on you. And lastly, Lord, help us today that our mind will be secure in you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.
only way to be saved is through Jesus Christ. If you will agree with God that you need him for the forgiveness of your sins and you will turn to him in repentance and believe in him, uh, you will be saved. The Bible says that you do this by one believing that Jesus Christ died and was raised from the dead and that you believe that his payment is sufficient for you, that you will call out to him as Lord and Savior, he will save you. If you're listening to the service and do not have a church home, we would love for you to come and be our guest during a time of worship. We have multiple services. We would love to meet you personally and have you here for worship. You can check us out at wordbaptist.com for service times. If you've missed any sermons, they're all archived there online, so you can go back and watch them. You can connect with us on social media at Word Baptist. If you would like to invest in the ministry and continue the spread of the gospel, you can give online at wordbaptist.com give. I'm so grateful that you've joined us today, and I hope you've learned something that you can apply to your life, and we hope to see you again next time right here at Word Baptist Church.